Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 136. 136. Yeah, we are <laughs> just going through the year so quickly. <laughs> yes, yes, it's already June. June and the sun is shining, and it's warm, and we're happy. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. And today we are joined by a wonderful woman. Um, she has been known to be the Maya Angelou of millennials. Uh, she's incredible. Um, she has MS and we recently read about her and we said, we have to talk to her. She's yes. just truly amazing. Um, Azure, Azure Antoinette. Uh, that is her name. And she is a poet. She's just, just everything. <laughs> yes. An actress. Yeah. She was recently on an episode of Grey's Anatomy. So yeah, yeah she's pretty much everything. Yeah. So sit back and enjoy, listen to her story and um, definitely look her up. She's, uh, she's an amazing individual. Yeah. Welcome to season four of the Myelin and Melanin podcast. I'm Dawn. And I'm Dana. We are two Black women sharing our musings on life, MS, and everything in between. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Myelin Melanin. Also, don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. Azure, thank you so, so much for joining us. We've been so excited to talk to you. So thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about your MS story. Sure. It's, um, it started in my, uh, I think my early twenties, uh, from when I, from when I, I started noticing a big difference. Um, I was having a lot of um, tingling in my hands and a lot of lethargy. Uh, I was very young. So, you know, being that tired, you know, in the middle of the day for having done nothing, you know, I just didn't really understand what was going on with my energy levels. I didn't really uh, feel anything else physically. You know, when you're 20, 21, you're, you know, you can do so many things, you know, you eat Doritos for breakfast, you get 30 minutes of sleep, you have fruit roll-ups and you dip them in chocolate and everything's fine. Like if I tried any version of any of those things today, like I'd actually die, you know, just from just eating the level of garbage that we ingest at a young age, you know, and you make it, you can just do it all. So, but all of a sudden it became very difficult to do very basic things. And I would stop showing up to the movies or I would fall asleep in the middle of a six o'clock film, you know, or stop going, going out with friends and, you know, to be 21 and 22, like it was embarrassing, you know, because people just started to think, oh, she's a flake or, you know, she doesn't care. And like, your social proximity as a, as a young person, that's everything. That's your currency, you know, going out and doing the things and showing up. Like I couldn't get ready because you know, you're younger. You're not, you're not getting ready before 9 PM. I was like nine. Oh, I, oh, now today, right. <laughs> today that's understandable. I was like, Oh, I won't be available after 6 PM. Like I can't really be spoken to after that. Like I've got to go, I have to lay down, you yeah. know? So, but then that was an embarrassment. That was something that I just didn't, I didn't really know. And, you know, MS, 
as I know now, is something that takes on so many different forms and sometimes can show up like a freight train or just just trickle in, you know? So there was no there was no space really to talk about it. I was, you know, a performance artist and I didn't have any health insurance. And, you know, we weren't, this is the late, the late nineties, early two thousands, all of this talk about self-care and health, like that wasn't happening. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't have campaigns about anything, you know, like there was, everybody was, you know, it was Usher and your two-way pager and you know, just, just <laughs> Funk Master Flex and the MTV Beach House and whatever else people, whatever, right. Bubblicious Gum, like it was so, things were very dialed down. And so yeah. there wasn't, there wasn't, there, there weren't any resources. WebMD had just kind of started telling people they had brain cancer every time they typed in a symptom. Like, <laughs> so I didn't go there, you know, like it was, right. it was very, it was very confusing. And, you know, my mom's answer always was just, you know, as a lot of black mothers do, like drink some water, you need to read your Bible, put your Blackberry down. It's because you text too much. You know, Jesus got on the cross. And I'm like, what? Uh, what yeah. does this have to do? Why you can't just say stuff like this in the middle of it? What? So, yeah. you know, it was a whole, it was just this whole thing of just feeling like I had this invisible thing that was happening with me and I couldn't explain it I my peers had no idea what I was talking about and it just felt very isolating and it wasn't until I was 27 um I was walking to the bank um I lived on Hollywood and Vine I lived off of Hollywood and Bronson in Los Angeles and I was walking to Hollywood and Vine and my legs just gave out and I just couldn't walk I remember sitting on a curb and calling my mom and she sent a taxi for me and I sat on my sister's couch for almost a full week, just in the corner of the couch because I couldn't keep my body up one way or the other. I had started experiencing a lot of vertigo, which I didn't know was vertigo at the time. They told me I had an inner ear infection, gave me all these antibiotics that made me incredibly ill. Um, I was just vomiting quite a bit. The only thing I could really eat at the time were those terrible soft serve cones from McDonald's. It was the only thing that like, didn't make me like violently ill. Everything else was, and I could only really eat like one of those. Like that was it. Like it was, it was a wrap. And I was like, something is wrong. But again, I still didn't have health insurance. I was a struggling, starving artist, you know, dying for my passion and all the things. And again, this is still mid two thousands. This is not a thing, especially in communities of color. It's barely a thing today. And that's all we do is talk about ourselves and our health. And it's still a problem in communities of color. So it was just polarizing. Um, And it wasn't until my mom took me to, it must have been four different ER, urgent care, county hospitals. And it was finally an ER doctor who was so kind to tell us that he was on his 18th hour of his shift that based off of what I had said, my symptoms and, you know, what he had seen, it, it was MS and that it looked that MS they call in the medical profession, the great masquerader, because mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to catch it, um, yeah. on, on, on testing. Um, even if you're in the middle of a flare up, they might not see it. You could get one MRI. There's nothing. 
you could it, you could have it show up on an MRI and then it doesn't show up the next time. You know, there are so many different things that can go wrong and can happen that make the disease impossible to treat because it's based off of your nervous system and your brain energy, you know, and, and I had at this time, by this time, I had really done so much reading because I was bedridden. I couldn't really walk. My gait was so bad. I had no depth perception. I couldn't really look to the right or the left. If I looked up or down, it felt like I was free falling in an elevator. The vertigo was so intense. They put me on Zofran and this uh, anti-emetic that they give women that have hyperemesis because I, I was throwing up so much that they were worried about my stomach bile and contents yeah. and all of this stuff. Like I just, I was, I was just incapacitated. And the whole time that was happening, I had this constriction around my ribs that was so tight that I couldn't, I could barely breathe. And the more, the more stressed I got about that, the tighter it got, it felt like the way I would describe it to my mom and sister was like, if somebody put me in a corset and then just kept tying it tighter. Mm-hmm. And the, like the minute, if I thought about it, it would get tighter and there was no release. I would wake up every day and it would still be there. I'd take a deep breath and it would get tighter. So after all my reading, I finally found this medical journal and I can't find it today uh, from this, this uh, it was a doctor in the UK or a person in the UK. I, I honestly, I don't remember, but he said that the one defining factor that uh, the characteristic that separated MS from so many of these other autoimmune diseases, Lyme disease, disease, Parkinson's, all of these other things was what they call the MS hug. Mm-hmm. And it was exactly what I was experiencing. First and foremost, I'm very big on language as an author. I don't know who hugs like that, but those people don't love you or like you. Right. Like I don't, that's not, I don't, don't no. hug me. <laughs> right. That's how you hug. Don't right. touch me. Right. Don't look uh-huh. at me. Don't think about hugging me. Yeah. Right, we we aren't cool. Right. And I'm not really a hugger anyway. <laughs> and I'm definitely not a hugger now. Because that's uh-huh. not a hug. That's a vice no. grip. So mm. that's a yeah. that's death. And so it yeah. was um, it was what I came to understand after working with a naturopath also in trying to kind of figure out how to combat this thing was that you know, you're parasympathetic and you're sympathetic, you know, these, these two parts of your nervous system are trying to communicate with the part of your brain that's no longer connecting. Like that's what MS is. It's a massive disconnect. So these synapses are just sending signals everywhere. And those are tremors and misfires and seizures and all kinds of different, different things that you really on the outside, you can't even really see, you know, if I go to tie my shoe, I'm just sitting there looking like I'm not tying my shoe, but I'm definitely trying to get that done. You know what I'm saying? And people are like, you ready to go? And I'm like, mm-hmm. again, why I don't have a glass. You know what right. I mean? Like, I'm just like, mm-hmm. right. so, you know, so it's just, it was, it was a thing that she was telling me, she was like, sure. When you, when you put all of your energy into your frustration around this, your symptoms are going to get worse. And it's not, it's not a, mind over matter. It's just that one side of your brain is trying to fight something and it doesn't know where to put the energy. And the other side is like, oh, well, I don't know if I need to be protected. And so you've got these two parts that aren't communicating at all. Mm -hmm. And your brain sending down a whole other set of signals and you're just kicking it in the middle. Like, oh, 
So yeah. it was, it's really about alignment. And I had to do this whole like seven months of mindfulness work. And I was like, you want me to do what? And so they had me just standing still and they were like, wash your hands and only think about the water. I'm like, oh, you guys, this is, I don't have the time I have to go, you know, like, and I couldn't even walk. I don't even know where I thought I was going to go. Like I, you know, I went to PT mm-hmm. and I'm looking at these, these, these paraplegics come in and these people are painting with their toes and pulling themselves up by their necks and doing, I'm just like, oh, okay. And I know that now that was a tactic. I know they were, I know they were messing with me, you know, and I was like, okay, okay. I see. Okay. I'm picking up with y'all laying down. Okay. Uh, All right. All right. So then we finally went to, um, they, they took me to this place. Um, and it was, it wasn't quite Santa Monica. This is more towards like the Pacific Palisades and they stand me up every day. They would stand me right at the waterline and they were like, we're just going to, the longer you can stand up, we're just going to build on that. And taught me how to like get my grounding back together. Yeah. And then I was reading more about elevating your water levels. So your water crystals, they elevate out in your ear and that will reset your equilibrium. And that's why you have to stay hydrated. And so like it's, it MS taught me all of this stuff that I never bothered to even learn about because I was like, oh, so it was all of these little things that helped get me on a path to where like I could be functional again in that time where I wasn't walking, I couldn't handwrite. I lost my ability to handwrite entirely. So I couldn't use a Blackberry anymore. So I started using Apple stuff. Um, couldn't hold a pen, couldn't tie my shoes, couldn't drive. Of course, they were like, here's a walker. And I was like, oh, I'm not, you could have that. I will crawl out of here by a tug of war. I'm not walking anywhere with a machine. I was horrific. And then they brought me a cane and I was like, wait, I'll beat you with it. How about that? It was, I was, I was just so upset. And so when I mm-hmm. finally like was able to calm that down and just get through. That's when, that's when some of the progress started to occur, you know, where I was able to just kind of quiet myself a bit Mm -hmm. and do more reading and get more educated on what was going on. Right. It didn't feel so scary. Getting a diagnosis was the thing that was the turning point for me. Everything before then was horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, having the diagnosis now, having MS is like, mm. I mean, it is what it is, you know, like it's, um, it's difficult, you know, anybody that has it or cares for somebody with it, like it's frustrating, but knowing that it has a name, knowing that there is a thing, knowing that mm-hmm. there are people out there who understand just how inconvenient and frustrating it is, like mm-hmm. there is home in that there is community and peace in that and having peace with an autoimmune disease that can most oftenly be invisible at times like that's I mean knowing that somebody isn't looking at you being like oh you're making that up like I that's it's a peace of mind that you really can't you really can't put a number on that you can't put a feeling you can't affix an emotion to that it's really validating and so so helpful yeah. I have two questions for you. And um, we know that you are a writer. You're an Thank amazing you. writer. And uh, you're welcome. And even in one of the articles that we were reading, and mm-hmm. Dana will probably talk about this one too, but 
Um, it said that you were the Maya oh. Angelou <laughs> of millennials. It was in the um, mighty. Um, but you were just talking about um, MS and like how it had an impact. And it just sparked a question in my mind. What, to the two questions, like what is the major impact or influence that MS has had on your, your writing and your work? And you can talk about that too at some point. That's one question. And then the next question is, as you were going through these stages, the initial stages, were you ever angry? Because it didn't, it just sounded like you were rolling with it. But oh, I was, I mean, angry? I get, I get frustrated all the time. I'm still, it still makes me so mad, you know, like just to, there's this, in the, in the last year, I've developed this like tick in my throat that makes it difficult for me to articulate at times, which, mm-hmm. which really really makes me upset you know because I don't like I I don't like it being visible and if there was anything that I thought could sustain me it's always been my ability to talk even if I lost my ability to walk that was all right I knew I could like make it work or whatever like I was gonna be mad about it but the guy on Boys to Men made a cane look cool. Like, I could figure it out. Like, it's all right. Like, I figured it out. It's not a big deal. You know, I, I got it. You know, so I was like, you'll be okay. But mm, talking is the way in which I am in the world. I'm a public speaker. So cognitively, too, that's the other thing. My cognition is was, was a huge problem you know, not being able to memorize my poetry. And I used to coach slam and, you know, like, I don't, I don't memorize speech as much because I don't, I'm not your typical conference speaker. I don't, I don't do slides. I'm not, I'm not super big into presentations and all of that. I really try to go and read the room. My background is musical theater and I really love performance. So I believe very much in in trying to be as present as possible and, and give that gift to to whoever I am performing for whatever that is you know and and you have to be open and available and malleable to whatever the situation is if you're too rehearsed then you can't be open to receive that you know what I mean so so there's that but if I have to learn music or if I have to learn lines or something like that and I can't remember anything that's annoying and MS and cognitive decline and that cognitive fog or whatever they nickname all this nonsense I'm like I don't like fog y'all like that's that's ridiculous you know and they're like ginkgo and I was like I can't remember to take ginkgo so now what the hell are we gonna do like why don't I don't want to go away everybody's like turmeric and I'm like what what is in it what do you think is in there you know that there's you know there's nothing all right okay so I have to constantly just pull myself back down because I'm just everyone's I don't know if you two experience this people constantly offering me water so I told them on my last press conference with Jansen they were like what should we say because they were rolling out a new drug for MS and they were like any advice I was like if you see patients you see people suffering from MS you see them having a physical reaction to the disease that we all have all the time Say if you see me having a seizure, you see a tremor, or you start to see my vocal tick pop up. Firstly, no, I don't need any water. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. Just this is not handing me this while I cannot control my extremities is going to make both of us susceptible to who knows what. Yeah. When someone can't control their arm and it's moving at a volatile rate, you don't hand them an object. Uh -uh. So just keep, just keep that inside. Secondly, don't ask me anymore if I've heard about turmeric. Because I guarantee, I promise you, it's not in there. I took it. Right, yeah. And they all giggled. They giggled so much. And I looked at them in the camera and I was like, I'm serious. Stop doing that. Just stop. This, it's also not in here. The It's not in here. Which is why you guys have a new drug out. Because it's not... Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but they, they it is not in here. And they just nope. like, sure, you are so funny. That is so insightful. And I'm like, okay. I don't think that's insight. You. Right. Mm. I think you guys are weird. Mm -hmm. Like, it's very strange. It's like when you see, you hear about the death of a person, they're like, oh, you're kidding. Who? Kids like that. Who are your yeah. friends? Yes. Weird, you weird people around you get new people, weirdos. So, again, no glass, mm. no glass. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. So, what was my point? And the impact the, the that, impact, it's that. all of that, though. It's yeah, the it, cognition, it's, it's okay. not being yeah. able to control when and if I will seize. Or I won't be able to walk. Some days mm -hmm. my legs just are out. Mm -hmm. Some days I can't sign things for myself. Some days I'm super, super slow because I can't get my thoughts together. I was also late diagnosed with ADHD, which I had zero idea that I also had a problem with. Mm -hmm. So that, that in accordance with MS, yeah, a disaster, y'all. Like a yeah. complete cocktail for nonsense. I am so shocked that I am here today. Like I, it is shocking, shocking. So, but you know, divine intervention and the, mm -hmm. you know, all of the yep. things, but it is, it's, it's, it's all of the different ways that multiple sclerosis continues to show up and move. And that's the thing because it, it's, 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 it's this system that's built off of our hardwiring. You know what I mean? So as we're changing and we're growing, this disease is moving with you. So if you don't, if you don't stay limber, if you don't stay flexible, the thing will take you out. Like it'll just take you out, you know? So what, well, the way that it's impacted my writing is that it's very similar to what I was saying when we first got on our call. It just, I just have to be open. Mm -hmm. If I, if I do not lower or completely eliminate my expectation of myself and this thing that I is that I am living with for the rest of my life, it sets me up for a sadness that I don't come back from. Yeah. And as a poet, like I don't need any help being emotional. I'm emotional all the time, as you clearly can see. Like I have all of the emotions at all times, forever. So like I have to be careful about metering and monitoring my energy and as you both know energy and bandwidth with ms 
that's gold. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful with that stuff. MS, you know, and the other thing, it's the one thing that I'm sure is God's way of sitting me down. I am, I work like no one I've ever met. I will work myself to an act into like the actual ground. MS will stop me. Mm-hmm. MS is just like, no, you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't care what your plans were. I don't care who the call was with. Uh-huh. I don't care what set you had to be on. It don't matter. You're, yeah. you're going to bed. And I'm like, oh, you're the worst. And I don't sleep a lot. Like I never have. I've hated nap time. I think naps are expensive. Every time I wake up, mm-hmm. there's a bill. So it's an invoice. Something has gone wrong. There is a mm-hmm. passive aggressive text message signed warm regards. I don't like warm <laughs> regards. That feels right. bacterial to me. Like don't warm it up. No. I don't need them warm. Hot or cold. Don't, <laughs> don't warm it. I don't like it warm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that. So mm-hmm. in in March, you had written an article for The Mighty. Yes. And you talked about representation and why representation mm-hmm. matters in the context yes. of MS. Yes. Why does representation matter? Can you talk about that? Well, this is multi-pronged. Stay tuned for part two of our conversation with Azure, which starts streaming next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Myelin and Melanin podcast. You can find us on the web at myelinandmelanin.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at myelinmelanin. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.